Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I'm so glad that we can come together around the Word of God today. If you're a brand new listener, we are especially glad to welcome you. And if you are a regular listener, we are especially glad as well that you have returned. Together, we will get into God's Word. If we really get into God's Word, with a good ground heart, God's Word is going to get into us. And when it does, the Scripture is very clear. It will bring forth fruit, 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Well, if I've got a choice between 30, 60, and 100, I want to prepare my heart well. Hallelujah. Well, which would you rather have, 30, 60, or 100? If someone offered you 30, 60, or $100,000, would you take the 30 because that would be enough? Or would you go ahead and go for 100? (laughs) I know what you would do. You would do what I would do. Anybody with any, uh, you know, good sense would do. (laughs) Amen. I'll take the hundredfold. And especially, not just for money or material blessing, but for the glory of God. When we bring forth fruit as God's children, it brings glory and honor to God today. Well, I'm anxious to get in the Word of God. I'm going for a hundred. How about you? Praise God. We have a great subject that we're going to be delving into in God's Word, and that is the power and privilege of being the children of God. The power and privilege of being the children of God. It's out of First John, is our uh, scripture text, First John 3, verses 1 and 2. Amen. Listen to it very carefully. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. We just finished a series on living in the now of our salvation. And I mentioned this scripture. This is one of those now scriptures. It's not what we shall be, but what we are in the present tense of our faith right here, right in this moment in time, right now, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, now we are the sons of God and daughters. <laughs> this is just a term that means men and women. We are children of the Most High God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. Amen. I like John Gill's exposition of this scripture in in his commentary. Behold, what manner of love. And he says, see, take notice, consider, look by faith with wonder and astonishment. And observe how great a favor, what an instance of matchless love, 
What a wonderful blessing of grace. I'm going to read that again in just a moment because it is so good to see how striking this truth is. Praise God. When I was growing up in the 50s, uh, I remember a song. It was a love song. What manner of love is this that makes me want to jump and shout? What manner of love is, what kind of love rather, is this that turns my my whole life inside out. You see, it's this manner of love, this kind of love that not only forgives our sin, but brings us into God's royal family. Amen. <laughs> that we might be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to read John Gill's exposition of the Bible again. See, take notice, consider, look by faith. You're going to have to receive this by faith and not by feeling. You know, I'm a venable by birth. I'm a son of my father. And I, I, I didn't have to wait to feel like it. I know who my daddy is. And he acknowledges me as his bona fide child and son. I have his DNA in me. Praise God. And I want you to know when you come to Christ as your Savior, you're not just an old sinner that is saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. But now, hallelujah, right now, we are the sons of God. Praise God. Amen. And, and we, we, with wonder and astonishment, and observe how great a favor, what an instance of matchless love, <laughs> what kind of love is this? What a wonderful blessing of grace. I don't believe many Christians really understand or grasp fully what it means to be the bona fide, true sons and daughters of God. To be not only able, uh, but encouraged to address the God of the universe as our Heavenly Father. As a result of our Savior's suffering, for us on the cross, we've been brought into the very family of God. And the greatest accomplishment of grace is not just to get us to heaven nor to escape hell, but to be reconciled unto God. Every blessing and benefit of the gospel is the result of a restored relationship or a reconciled relationship with God. You see, once we were literally children of the devil. Look at John, uh, John's gospel, chapter 8, verse 43 and 44. Jesus said, why do ye not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. I like the Amplified of verse 44. It said, You are of your father the devil, and it is your will to practice the lust 
and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. You see, friend, before we were saved, we were under the influence of spiritual forces that held us in bondage. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 makes this very clear. It says, And you hath he quickened, literally given life, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That was then. I'm still caught in this other subject because it's still coming forward. That was then. This is now. We went along with the flow with the spirit of the age. No wonder we are commanded to love not the world, neither the things that are in it, and to remember Lot's wife, who, though delivered from the city of destruction, looked back and longed to go back and be back in that city, and a judgment fell upon her as a reminder throughout all time, even into the 21st century of our day. If you have been delivered, don't look back and certainly never consider going back. Hallelujah. We have a new bent toward righteousness. We are no longer slaves to sin or servants to the devil. First John five eighteen and 19. Listen, for we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness, literally in the power of the evil one. One paraphrase, I like it, because it brings this out in a very practical and personal way. It said, we know that those who become part of God's family do not make a practice of sinning. For God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot get his hands on them. We know that we're the children of God, and the world around us is under the power and the control of the evil one. I want to make a statement loud and clear. We are not just sinners. Saved by grace. We were sinners. We have been saved by grace. But now we're the sons of God. We are not just forgiven and left in Satan's prison house of bondage, doomed to a life of deception and defeat. We have been set free. Praise God. Who the Son sets free, the Scriptures declare, is free indeed or genuinely, really, truly free. We were sinners. We have been saved by grace, and the grace is so great, so powerful, and so personal that we have become the children of God. He is our Father and our King, our Sovereign 
and our Savior, our Savior and our Lord. Listen to 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. We're touching last week's, uh, last, actually last several weeks of study. And such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Now, now we are the children of God. You see, friend, the privilege of calling God our Father is unparalleled. It is the crowning achievement of the cross. I want you to know that. I've said it before. As vitally important and eternally relevant that going to heaven instead of hell is. The reason we're going to heaven instead of hell is because we have been reconciled unto God. And to prove that, God identifies himself and identifies with us as our heavenly Father. And Jesus talked a lot, didn't he, about the Father. He talked so much about the Father. The disciples asked him, said, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. It suffices us. And Jesus said, have you been with me so long and you haven't seen the Father? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. In other words, God is a spirit and no one has seen him in the sense of able to comprehend his character, his person, his personality, his being. Jesus said, I am fleshing him out to you. I'm showing you what God would be like if he became flesh and blood. And he indeed did in Jesus Christ. God became incarnate in the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. And he talked about the Father. And he said, you know, that I, I, I do not say that I will pray for you, uh, but I will, for the Father himself loveth you. You see, his purpose was to reconcile us to God, that we might become the children of God, and that we might identify our God and our sovereign King and our Savior as our Heavenly Father. You know, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's why the Scripture said, especially going toward this Christmas season, these are the royal titles of Christ. Amen. The wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. He was God incarnate. Hallelujah. The the wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the everlasting Father title of Jesus. I and my Father are one, he said, and the Prince of peace. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, this is indeed the great privilege and power 
of our reconciled relationship with God. We're going to heaven and we're escaping hell because God has not only forgiven us, he's brought us into his very holy family. What manner of love is this? <laughs> As the old 50s song said, that makes me want to jump and shout, that turned my whole life inside out. Well, if love between a man and woman can become that strong, oh, what about love between God and his children? You see, he solicits our love by loving us so lavishly, so personally, so powerfully and so completely hallelujah in fact the bible said we love him because he first loved us isn't there a commandment the first and great commandment thou shalt love thy god with all their thy heart mind soul spirit strength everything we are and everything we have it is a command and we should love him he deserves, he, he, he doesn't just demand it, he deserves it. But he stimulates that love, not just by giving us a command and threatening us, because that doesn't truly solicit love from us. It would be a false love, it would be a fear-driven love to love him, because he says, if you don't, I'm going to punish you, or if you don't, I'm going to banish you. Listen. The Bible said we love him because he first loved us. And this is revealing that God is the initiator of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. God commends his love to us, the scriptures declare, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, what manner of love is this? Praise God. The Bible said that fear in First John hath torment, but perfect love cast out all fear. And you see, God has loved us with a perfect love, a love that is not based on performance. You don't and couldn't ever earn this love. It is a gift. It is the unspeakable gift of his son, Jesus Christ, to us to go to the cross and die in our behalf, the innocent suffering for the guilty. And it is to stimulate the kind of love and devotion that the first commandment commands us. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with everything we are, everything we have, soul, mind, spirit, body, strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. Listen, the first and great commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And yet, the Lord our God in the new covenant stimulates the love, the true love from the heart for himself by loving us perfectly and completely. Praise God. While we were yet sinners, God commended his love for us. 
becomes what I call the logic of the cross in Romans chapter 8 where the Apostle Paul uses the logic of the cross to say uh, that, that if God loved us enough to give us his only begotten Son, how will he not with him also freely give us all things? If he has given us the total of his love, When he gave us his son and when Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. Oh, friend of mine. He said, there's nothing that I would withhold from my children. Praise God. God loves you today. And he loves you enough to take on flesh. Come to this fallen world and stay on that cross for six agonizing hours until The price was paid for our sin so we could go free. God promises us deliverance then from the wickedness of this world and the weakness of our flesh. I want to say that again. God promises us deliverance from the wickedness of the world and the weakness of our flesh. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The only Therefore, I'm just saying this in light of that. The only escape from the moral decay, the rottenness and corruption of this fallen world is the promise of God's transforming power within. His very seed in us. That's what it means when we are spiritually able to call Him Father. We're not just reconciled unto Him. We begin to take on His nature. His DNA is now not only in Christ, but in you and in me. We are the children of God. We've been powerfully saved and powerfully, personally equipped to overcome. The authentic Christian will repent when convicted by the Holy Spirit. If we sin, we're going against not only our nature, but God's nature within us and our new nature. Listen to what it says in 1 John 3, 8 through 10. It says, he that committeth sin is of the devil. Now, I want to go back and make this word committeth very clear to you. It means to live in habitually, without conviction, without concern without ever repenting, without ever feeling that need to say, Lord, forgive me. It is living in sin. He that committeth sin is of the devil. That's pretty clear. We need need to clarify it doesn't mean sinless perfection. But it means that when we falter, when we fail, and when we disobey, it is not out of this rebellious spirit against God. It is the weakness of our flesh. It is not. It is not the desire of our reborn spirit. Listen. He that committeth live habitually in sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit, remember, live habitually in sin. For his seed, God's seed, remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Amen. His seed, God's holy nature, is in us. And there's a battle that's going on between our reborn spirit and our weak flesh. The Apostle Paul talked about that in Romans chapter 7. He said, when I would do good, evil, evil presents itself. It'll always, there'll always be a conflict between your reborn spirit with the very nature of God committed unto us. Amen. And the nature of our old flesh. Amen. In this, verse 10 said, is the children of God manifest and the children of the devil. Whoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Everywhere the word, once again, commit sin is used. It means to live in habitually, without any concern, without any conviction. This is not sinless perfection, but it says plainly and authoritatively that sin does not have dominion. Darkness does not rule the life. The Spirit of Christ lives within us. The Holy Ghost abides within. God the Father has come to make His abode, and our body has become His temple. And we can overcome the enemy because God is our Father. Here's the challenge today. God calls His children to separate themselves unto Him, unto Him, so that He can bless and keep us as a faithful, caring, heavenly Father. Look at 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 18 I use this scripture a lot because of the pull of the world to every person on this planet. And being saved doesn't mean that you won't feel the pull of this world, speaking of, of the, the fallen world that we live in. That's Second Corinthians six fourteen through eighteen. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial, literally with the devil? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, listen to it, I will dwell in them and walk in them. This word walk in them means to move about freely, uninhibited. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you, 
and you shall be my sons and my daughters, <laughs> saith the Lord Almighty. These are the promises that are exceedingly great and precious. You see, when it talks about promises, we see the promise of deliverance and healing and help and, and, and provision and protection, and they are all wonderful, but they are not in the category of exceedingly great and precious. This is the exceeding great and precious promise that should stimulate us to bring us bring our lives into line with God's purpose for us as God's people to live a sanctified life. The Lord God sanctify us, Holy Spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. You see, friend, these promises are exceeding great that we might partake of the divine nature and demonstrate that by living our life to please Him and not to please our flesh and not to please this world. Praise God, because God is our God and we are His people. We, he, will, he, he will distinguish Himself by His power and presence. He will manifest Himself in the midst of us. He will move mightily by His Spirit. He will be a Father to us. And He acknowledges us as His very own children. Oh, friend, what manner of love is this that makes me want to jump and shout? Hallelujah. What kind of love is this? He will provide for us. He will protect us. He will defend us. And yes, He will chasten us if necessary. But in all these things, He will in fact manifest His love for us. His watch care for us. Praise God. Amen. That's why Jesus said, I go to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Aren't you glad today that you, as a Christian, can begin your prayer by saying, Our Father, therefore my Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and friend if you don't know Jesus as your savior and you've never been reconciled to God then you're still of your father the devil and he will lie to you he will deceive you he will seek to destroy you but if you decide right here and right now to say, Father, forgive me. Jesus, I receive you as the Father's expression of love for me as a sinner. I don't run from you. I run to you. I'm doing an about face today. I want the God that gave His Son to be my Father. I want the Son that gave His life to be my Sovereign and my King. I want to be a Son of God and come to know Jesus today 
as your Lord and Savior and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Thank you.